Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Spartan rules. No, for real. Spartan rules with Jacob Bosecker. What's up, everybody? I got my buddy Jacob Bosecker on the phone today. What's up, Jacob? Not much, B. What's up with you? Same old, same old, man. So me and Jacob are going to go down the list at, you know, some of the important rules, you know, some of the new ones that they just changed. But we read through the book, and we're going to go through some of this you know, this stuff that's kind of questionable and even still have some questions about it. Before this, like, before we get talking about this, though, I've got to say this year, as far as Spartan rules and changing things and point series and qualifications. It's been nuts. Is, oh, it's been, it's constantly shaken up every it, single week. Yeah, and like, why change the rules halfway through the year is probably the biggest question. Well, I think there's instances like, They've made, and I'll go into this later why I think it's going to be beneficial for them for the long term, but I think really it's always always around this time of the year. We see a few changes around like championship season, and I'll give them that, you know, the U.S. National Series is done, and we're kind of ramping up into championship season. We've got a little bit of time to fight over all these cha- rule changes if we're going to be doing it now. I mean, in my in my best opinion, I'm assuming, okay, they're making these rule changes right before West Virginia and Tahoe yep. to make it easier to referee for the Spar- yes. for the volunteers. Spartans. And what, okay, so this will go on to, I'll just go ahead and say it now. This has been kind of the thing that I've been keeping in my mind. I've not really said it anywhere publicly yet. What's the number one issue that we've been facing in the past two years of the sport? It's a lack of volunteers. And good referees. And good referees. All the rules that they changed, the majority of them, have made it easier to police. And, you know, and bless the volunteers' heart, you know, because I know they're going out there to to get their free race. But back in the day, I remember when you did a full day shift, they gave you two free races. For like build. Yeah, man. Like in 20, what was it? 20? It was before they started giving out the pass. Okay. So, well, I guess that was 2015. You could work a full day build, yeah. and you got two free races. See, that's awesome. That's and it was any deal. heat. You know, there wasn't no stipulations on it. Yeah, the stipulations are really what kick it in, kick it in the chest for me. Right. And see, one thing I think that has hurt quality volunteers is the pass. But I ain't complaining about the pass because I like the pass. Yeah, I love the pass too. We love the pass. We all love the pass, even though it might go up a hundred dollars every year. We we still love the pass it's, it's for still us hardcore. Yep. Yeah. Right. So anyway, a little background on Jacob. He's been on the show before, and there's only a several people that I've had on the show more than more than once, man. So Woo! you're a badass in the I'm a Spartan oh, podcast special. book. And so uh, Jacob is from the Bro CR camp, and he has started his own podcast this year called the Bro CR Supercast. And they're putting out episodes every week, man, with some really killer guests, better quality guests than I get. He had Hunter McIntyre, Ryan Atkins, and just a lot of great uh, guests on his show. We had Yancey and Tim yeah, and Yancey. last week, and we were throwing around that stuff. That was fun. Yeah, that was a good episode, too. You, you want to know, out of all your episodes, my my favorite episode is the Break one where you had Sean on it. You know, that was a power. And the thing Dude, is... Dude, man, it, it, was, it, was, it was heartfelt. It was heartfelt. But here's the thing, though. I had that podcast right before I went into everything that I did with viral meningitis here. And the people that are following my own personal kind of ball game right now, I've got viral... I came down with viral meningitis. From a prostitute. <laughs> from a prostitute they're asking if it, <laughs> I, the story on that so I, I, I derail things here for a second so they, we've got this um, I work for Cummins Diesel and we've got basically kind of this like a prompt med for Cummins employees that we can go to if we want to yeah Jacob's rolling in, in it he's got like four houses because he designed Cummins engine, engines and generators a lot, a lot of concepts and prototypes on my end but um, so anyway I go in there to the, the Cummins uh, prompt med office kind of like a minute clinic 
And the first thing, I'm like, you know, I'm getting double vision. I'm feeling weak in the legs. I'm getting some paralysis issues. They're like, oh, do you think it's syphilis? I'm like, <laughs> no, man. No, it ain't syphilis. <laughs> I got syphilis um, from the dunk wall. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, bro, let's talk, let's talk rules. All right, man. So... I just started off from the book the other day, man, and just read through it. And I know some other podcasts have touched on this. Yours has touched on it. Uh, ORM's touched on it some. But I, I really want to just get into the nitty-gritty of some of these. And then some of them I just want to kind of just brush over. I mean, we all know what pass and fail obstacles are, you know. But let's say – let's and most of us know the difference in the time penalties that they've done this year. Mm-hmm. But let's just go over that really quickly. So okay. if you do 19 burpees – at a failed yep. obstacle, that's a 10-minute penalty. If you do, what is it, 21, you're going to get 30 seconds for each failed burpee. And before yep. we start, it's not – it's a correct form burpee. So if you're hunched over and you're not fully erect and your hands are over your ears, they're going to judge that. And in Asheville, I don't know how many penalties I saw on the board that were getting 10 minutes because they didn't have good proper form burpees. Crap man crap burpees so don't don't cut yourself short when you're in the burpee pit everybody yep. and do an extra one if you think you lost count hell do two yep yeah it's gonna take you five seconds to do two more burpees that's right i mean you better better to take that time then than go to the penalty thing and be like well shit i just got a two minute penalty you know yep absolutely <sighs> so but, okay we still have the rule though if you don't do at least, how many burpees? Is it 20 burpees? It's, it's a it's, DQ. It says any competitor who completes 19 burpees or less, they give them a 10-minute penalty. There's no DQ. It's 10-minute well, penalty. there's no DQ anymore. No DQ anymore. Okay, no DQ anymore. I, it used to be that, DQ. They changed it this year. Okay, okay. I think that's BS because, I mean, if you're skipping out on burpees that much. I agree. But then again. I uh, think they ought to have a rule where if you do that twice on two failed obstacles, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's, let's cut them. Let's I mean, hell, them. if you've been cut 20 minutes, I mean, you might as well be DQ'd anyway. You're out. You're out. <laughs> yeah. So that's right, that that's, one. That's fair, and that's 10 minutes. That's that's pretty fair. We'll give them that. Okay, now here is a rule that is kind of touched on at every race, but it doesn't go into this much detail, and I didn't look at the previous rules before this. It may be in there. Okay. It may not be. It might be like a rule that's kind of like jaywalking because a lot of people do it. <laughs> I'm so freaking guilty of doing it because I think it's a lame rule. Yep. Especially since they changed the headband. So here's how it goes. Be solely responsible for plainly displaying the race number on the headband at all times and shall maintain the race number on the headband in an unaltered, unobstructed, and readable state at the start and finish lines. And on the course at all times, a competitor may momentarily protect their headband during situations where it may be lost, like you're going under the dunk wall or something like that. Okay, so that's fair. The old headbands, like you took it off, you could put it back on. It was like, I don't know, the quality was different. Now they're like a really thin panty material. I know a lot about panties. And so <laughs> they just curl up like a shoestring when they get they really wet. Do. They're not great quality. They're, they're really not great quality headbands. So that's what kind of, and, and that's the only thing I don't like about that rule is because, like, you go and do burpees and I put the headband on, I'll just put it down on my neck. A lot of times yep. I'll just pull it down on my neck so I know it's not going to come off in the dunk wall. Absolutely. So I don't know how strictly they're going to enforce this rule but don't say we didn't warn you you know and i'm not going to lie here either i'm i'm notorious for i'll start with it on my head and like you said the quality's not that great of these headbands yeah and Um, you always wear those junk headbands too so if you've got this headband on top of that headband chances are you're not going to feel it when it comes off anywhere never never so i always as soon as like i'm about a good 20 20 foot away from the start line, I'll rip that off my head and put it around my wrist. Now, it's still displayed there. You can still see the number. Yep. It's a lot easier to get it to there, but that's always been kind of my game move. And then Robert Cobble sometimes yells at me about it, but um, most of the time, it's by the time that we're all said and done, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Too bad my bicep isn't big enough where I could just put it around my bicep. Dude, I saw that. Hunter um, could do it. (laughs) <laughs> some guys like put it around their thighs <laughs> oh my god like a garter belt <laughs> yeah that's kind of cool that's kind of sexy and chic a little, little different a little wild yeah. for the kids there yeah okay right, so next rule is 
And this one's kind of a known, but I still see people doing it, so I'm going to go over it. So, yeah. and it's the, if you bring equipment onto the gear where it's camelback, gloves, whatever, you have to take it through the obstacle with you. You can, yep. however, if you got a camelback on, you can set it to the side while you're doing your burpees. You can pull it off your shoulder and drag it through the barbed wire, but it has to go with you. Yep. I saw a chick at Asheville. She was setting, she was running an age group and she set her camel back off to the side and she was about to go under the dunk wall. And I said, Hey, I said, I'm not a volunteer or nothing, but you're supposed to wear that when you go under it. She's like, Well, my phone's in it. And I was like, Well, I wouldn't go under either if I had my phone in there. But I, I wouldn't even bring my phone on course because exactly. I'm not an age group. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think she wasn't in uh, podium contention or nothing. So, I mean, but, but people point, do it. Still, if you're, and this, this is my whole thing. If you were going into an age group or an elite race, you are getting there to be timed, ranked, and judged against your peers. Period. Exactly. Next song. Why are you taking your cell phone when you know there's water? Exactly. Like, I don't care if it is a waterproof phone. I, it, it costs too much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Phones are so expensive. Yeah. But we're at this point now like where people – People will sign up for these things in age group or competitive, and they're like – they don't know what they're signing up for. I saw on one of the forums like last week, somebody's like, is the water really cold in Killington? I can't swim. And I'm like, yeah, dude, well. you just signed up for a race where you know there's swimming and you don't know how to swim. Why did well, you do that? Well, I mean good thing is, is they make you wear a life preserver. I That would be my next answer to them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it's one of those things that's like – well, I want to do a triathlon, but I'm not a really good biker. What should I do, guys? I would get I on the know. bike a, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd probably start learning how to ride a damn bike. <laughs> It'd be like that episode of Frasier when he's trying to learn to bike and he keeps hitting poles with it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like it's it's like these people that are like, I'm going to do an obstacle race, but I hate running. Well, you're going to run in it, man. There's going to be part of it. Like you, Otherwise, you're going to be walking a lot or jogging. And it's just part of the nature of the beast. It's understanding what you're signing up for. Right. Okay, so another point I want to make on this, and it doesn't blatantly say it, but I think it should. And, okay. and, and I don't honestly know if it's a rule or not, but it says littering is strictly prohibited. Food yep. wrappers and other packaging may be disposed of in a designated trash bins. Okay. But it doesn't say anything about gear. So let's say you have like an extra shirt on because it's cold in the morning and oh, I'll just throw it away when I get to the first water station. I saw a dude do this in Atlanta. At first he yeah. told the volunteer at the water station, hold on to this and I'll come get it after the race. And I said, dude, you can't do that. Yeah, that's and not, then he that's said, "We'll just throw it away." And then it made me ask me myself a question: Well, is it okay to throw away gear? And I would think by saying wrappers and other packaging may be disposed of in a designated trash bin. So, is it okay? That doesn't know? sound like a shirt to me. You know, does, what I, mean? I mean, I agree. That, and even saying that, I've always been kind of under the rule where you know you pack it in, take it out. Um, shirts and stuff like that. I really think you should be dragging that with you unless you've got like a real bad scenario where right. you've got like, I don't, I don't even know, but man, it's, yeah. it's one of those things. I see rules like this and I see it more for the rappers and stuff just yeah. to clarify people at a gate station. And the last line says any competitor in violation of this rule will be subject to disqualification at the and discretion you know, of the head official. So I guess it's up to the head official at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things they always like putting It's That's a feel-good rule in my mind. I've never really heard about a lot of people being discued for throwing mm. wrappers on the ground. But it's one of those things that it's like, all right, here it is. If you're being a dick and just throwing your crap on the ground, yeah. let's get rid of you. Right. And it says, this is also like, any competitor in violation of this rule will be subject to a 10-minute penalty. And that's the talking about, sorry, I'm going to back up. Any equipment carried by a competitor before attempting an obstacle must be carried by them on their person throughout all stages of the attempt. Discarding okay. equipment during the attempt, even if done momentarily, is not permitted. And it doesn't say you fail the obstacle, you go do 30 burpees. It says 10-minute penalty. Wow, that's... Uh... Which, and, you know, it's one of those things that I, we'll see how much they can actually mandate something like that. Yeah. But 
That's gonna Gosh. be that's gonna be a hardcore volunteer. It says, "Hey, you dropped off that Camelback and started going through that obstacle. You got to do. You get a ten minute penalty." I, I that's savage. <laughs> that is very savage, and I seriously doubt that would happen. Now, if Robert Colbell's standing at the finish line and he sees somebody do it on the rig before they jump on the fire, yep, that, that might be a different gonna, story. That's where you're gonna see something like that applied. Yes, I totally agree. And before we go any further, I just want to say that. These rules are strictly, you know, supposed to be implemented to the age group class and the elite class. Yep. If you're out there running in the open heat, we don't care. I mean, wh- I mean, we don't care. I mean, I run all my open heats because I wanted to run to the same standards as the people that are doing the competitive heats because that's just me. But I mean, I understand if you're just going out there with friends and having fun, blah blah blah. I mean, that's you. It's your race if it's open heat. But don't if come to the age group that, yeah, in elite you, heat and break the rules. If you're in like the open wave at like two in the afternoon, you wear a Godzilla costume and you make it a mile into the race, Hell and you're yeah. like, God damn it, I really don't want to wear this Godzilla costume anymore. I think I'm gonna throw it away. Yeah. We're yeah. not gonna say anything. This yeah. is not for you. Yeah, man. Pro- <laughs> props to you. Props to you. Okay, now this was one right here that totally shocked me and I didn't All right. So I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. And it says, no competitor shall at any time during the event use or wear a hard cast, uh, crampons, don't know what that is, or metal studs, external rigging, trekking poles, headsets, radios, personal audio devices, including MP3 players. And here's the one that I did not believe. Chalk, glue, or any other item deemed to provide a competitive advantage by head officials. All right, so now we've got an official ruling now on liquid grip. So you can't use liquid chalk, and I know tons of people that do that. I know tons of guys. I'll I'll be honest, I used it before. Uh, Way back in the day when we first saw platinum rigs, I had a little thing of liquid chalk. Yeah. um, And I I used it on my hands. A lot of chicks carried in their sports bras, too. Yep. Um, Back at the OCRWC, when we first started seeing rigs and stuff, I would have a little thing of liquid chalk me just in case. And then all of a sudden, we'd go through dunk walls before. I'm like, well, now that's useless. But it's one of those things to see a proper ruling on it now. Good. Yeah. Good. I mean, like I said, I didn't compare these rules to the rules we just come out of. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was something that a lot of people, I bet, do not know. And that's not one that they've blasted on the gram, you know. I have not talked about that a lot at all. But now liquid chalk is illegal. Yeah, and the next sentence after that, it says, Gloves, athletic tape, or first aid bandages, bandages are permitted to be used unless otherwise provided for in these rules. Any competitor in violation of this rule will be subject to disqualification. And, you know, I hear things like that, and it's like, I doubt we would... But gloves aren't... Gloves, really, to me, you, you get abrasion protection. I don't think you get any, you don't get any grip. uh, I mean, you don't get a grip advantage from wearing the gloves. Not a huge grip advantage, no. No. You're not. I would think that when, like, I like them for the bucket because I lace my fingers on the bucket, and I think it does help there. Yeah, it can. I used to wear uh, some of those mad grip with the injection on the rubber on the outside back in the day when we would have... um, I mean, this is back in the day in, like, 2014 when we had, like, the log carries in Tahoe that would have yeah. your hands up and stuff. And it was pretty nice then. Yeah, and I mean, I think they're good for ropes, but by no means do I think they get better grip on the ropes. They just protect no. your hands is all. Protect them calluses, especially if you're running, like, both days and multiple oh, yeah. laps. Gripping your hands up, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Uh, so All right, next rule. I put a line by this one. I forget why. Okay. A competitor okay. may not... Okay, it's about pre-running the course before the yeah. race starts. And I That's, know I've seen tons of elites do this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially pro team members, because when we went to Jacksonville, Jacksonville did not have an open house. But all the elites were out there taking their little pro team pictures. Yep. Man, I saw, like, and I'm not going to name names, but I saw one chick, you know, that's a pro team member. She was out there just by herself, just running the course, doing the obstacles before the next before the next day. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of a fair unfair advantage to all the elites that aren't on the pro team that are, you know, coming tomorrow that can't even look at the course until tomorrow morning. 
Yeah, but I think this is one of those applications where it's like a little bit more towards like the championship course that we're starting to see now mm-hmm. here for the championship season. And well, these will I agree carry into that. next year. I agree with that. Um, but it's it's really understanding, and it makes me wonder, are we going to see a big change up this year in Tahoe? Tahoe's traditionally been a lot of the same course. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to mix some things up this year. Well, I mean, I've never been there, but I've always heard that they're limited to like making new trails there or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. So kind of some of the things that you look at with uh, Tahoe and other places at high altitude, uh, when you when you start going off on these single tracks and stuff um, and get up at elevation like that, it's hard to gain um, to get foliage back or to get like certain plant life to grow uh, back. Ah, that, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. That was one of the biggest things that they had the issues with Breckenridge back in the day um, because, you know, you're at like, and you get up there to 13,000 elevation. Yeah. And it's hard to grow vegetation or plant or just even, you know, a tree at that point. So you can't really do a lot of bushwhacking. Well, that's so cool. See, I, see, I didn't that. know that. And that makes total sense. Yeah, that makes, once it's explained well, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes good sense. Okay, so the next one I got, and everybody's got to know this one because it was highlighted at Jacksonville. And that's, you can't touch the, uh, the trusses on yep. the A-frame. Yep. You know, Woodsy did. You can you know, do the ones at the thresholds and the one at the top. You can do the horizontal ones. You just can't do the vertical ones. Yep. No vertical trusses on the A-frame. Right. Stay away from them. Right. And so now the Atlas carry is you pick up the stone, you walk it over, you go around it, you come back and set it back down. No more burpees. No more burpees. And this one makes sense. I get it. It makes sense. I, I think the major thing here is what we were talking about earlier with the volunteers. It's easier to... Easier to govern now. That being said, you can't roll it, of course. If you drop it, you have to pick it up where it's at and bring it back. So, pretty standard. I got no qualms with that one. I don't. And you know, I would, I would love to see them like make the Atlas carry like twice as long. But and that's, I think we're gonna see stuff like that. But here's my theory in that I think two reasons they took the burpees out: one for refereeing, and two for course flow because when you yep. i've been to an atlas carry before when you got people doing burpees on the other side and you're waiting for somebody to come back for a ball so i wouldn't think they're going to make it a real lot they might make it a 10 feet longer or something like that but you know they can't make it too long because they want course to flow good that you don't want backup so i, I figured that's another reason why they got rid of the burpees Agreed, agreed. I think this is a good move. I think this is a, actually probably one of the smartest changes that we had before this. Right. Okay, Hercules Hoist next. So they kind of tweaked this rule a little bit. They made it. You can't get your hips above the top of the railing, which some people probably stand tall enough their hips are that tall anyway. Yep. But I think the reason why they do that is because they don't want people – holding the rope, jumping up on top of the fence all the way, and then leaning back in it. Now, I've put both of my feet on the top railing before, but I don't think I've ever, sure enough, stood on top of it. Yeah, I've never stood on top of the railing. One of the things that I love to do is, like, I climb it kind of like a rope, and then I drag it all the way back down. And then I climb yeah. it like a rope again and drag it way back. My yeah. feet never leave the ground. Right. So that's, I think that's one of those things, once again, for safety. Because once you get those points of contact over over the the railing, and if you lose control, man, it'll it'll launch you right up. <laughs> yep. And verbatim says uh, one or both feet may be used as leverage on the barrier. Okay, you that's can fair. you can change ropes if you think one bag's heavier. You can go to another bag. Uh, failing the Hercules hoist is not being able to get it to the top, dropping the weight in an uncontrolled manner and it goes boom yep uh you can't have anybody help you and your hips can't rise across the barrier and you cannot cross the barrier which i think that one's kind of obvious pretty standard yeah pretty yeah, standard pretty, there pretty standard. Uh, oh and you have to be close to the railing you can't like grab the rope if you're one of those guys that's just a bigger muscled up dude you can't just grab the rope and just walk it to the top you have to stay yeah. close to the fence oh okay yeah. That's fair. Which I think that's fair. I mean. That's fair. Okay. Tire flip. They change the tire, tire flip. flip. And this, this is, is this is one that's going to hurt me. Yeah, I mean it's going to hurt a lot of folks. Uh yeah. so 
tire flip it's plain and simple you flip it over you got to let take your hands off of it the you days disengage. of you disengage i mean you can't touch you have to flip it over and flip it back so here's what i was thinking you know well why not flip it two times in a row from the same side might you as know, well but uh-huh. <laughs> you have to flip it inability to flip the tire two times uh, failure to return the tire to its starting point. Oh, okay. Right. So they did include that. They did include that. So if you, because you know how in West Virginia they would they put up the rocks where you're supposed to flip it yep. back on top of that back rock to the starting rock, yep. point. But in in Asheville, dude, they were tires. It was a t- it was a tire maze. They were just spread out and all sure. over the place. You know. So I think this is gonna. The big thing I think this rule is going to do is it's going to make tire priority like a big thing because people are going to be scoping these tires out real hard, especially the night before if it's near the festival area. Right. Like, well, okay, where's a good one? Well, and I, I agree with you, but, I mean, it's only going to really make a difference to the people that get there first. Yep, absolutely. And, and if there's an open house, you better go look at them after everybody's left the open house. Absolutely. I mean... It's just going to be one of those things where you're just going to have to either be game on your pinch grip or you're going to have to fight to get your fingers under it. And, you know, I think about things like, so think about that, but Yancey brought a really good point up last week on our, uh, this week on our podcast, which was what about if you're at a venue where the tires are on pavement? On pavement, like at Tahoe? Yeah, yeah, just like in Tahoe. Yeah, that would get that rough. pinch grip down. I mean, and that's what it boils down to. There was the first year they had it in Nashville that we got to see it over here in the southeast. I got it the first day, and then the next day I couldn't get my fingers under it. So yep. I got frustrated and just went to burpees, man. Yep. And it also says if you flip, and I don't know why anybody would change, but if you flip the tire one time, you're committed to that tire. You have to flip it back. You can't go to another tire. Oh, you can't do the switcheroo. You got to yeah. stay on that tire. Yeah, right, which enough. I guess that would make sense. Like if you flip the tire over and there was no place you could get your fingers out from under it, I could see somebody saying, well, I'll just go flip this one and that'll be my two flips. Yep, so, I can see that. No bueno. No bueno. You got to commit. You got to commit and disengage from that tire. Yep. And so, like I said, you can't get help. You can't, I don't, I think it said something. Uh, if you drop the tire accidentally due to exhaustion, is not considered a failure, but you still have to flip it over and flip it back. Okay. Right so they don't care about dropping the tire. They just care about it. You're flipping it, disengaging, flip it again, call right. it a day. It Get doesn't say it. anything about flipping it over onto an object, but if there's an object in the area. But, I mean, I don't think you could... The only time I could see something like that. There's happen, like a like rut in the ground. There. I would see that would yeah. be cool. Yeah, that's your best bet. That's, that's a good day there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good day. But, I mean, think about it. How many people you think it's going to be like, okay, I know the tire's coming up next. I'm going to grab this big stick so I can flip it over onto the stick one time. That way I ain't got to fight with getting my fingers in it. Somebody's going to uh, do it. Somebody's going to try. Gonna be, you know, it'll some something like that eventually will happen at some point. Right. Um. Something like that will happen eventually, but I think so too. Um, but I don't think you're going to see elites doing that, and I don't see. I don't think your podium contenders are going to be doing that kind of stuff. I don't think so either. I don't think so I don't either. Think so. And next rule. so, okay, next is Olympus, and we pretty much all know this, but there was uh, one thing in here I was going to read that I thought everybody not know. So, any part of the body touching the ground between the start. And the bell being rung is failure. Touching the top of the obstacles, failure. Touching any of the holds or holes on the wall with feet is failure. Okay. A competitor must start from or behind the step. I know I've seen some people start in front of the step before, like on the first panel. Yeah. So just save everybody the trouble of questioning the volunteers' questions or start on the step. Yep, and, the, the and the steps for men and women, it's not, you know, one or the other. Yep. So here's one I've seen people do. It's a competitor may place their feet or knees against the wall for support. However, yep. 
Their feet or knees may not touch any of the handholds, including stepping upon or placing a knee into the cutout holes. Okay. So I know I've seen people put a knee in that hold because you can get a little bit more leverage when you got your knee in that hole. It keeps it from slipping down. Absolutely you can. Um, But I think it's one of those things that's good to have a clarification on it. I I agree. I agree. Pipe layer... Pipe layer says traverse the obstacle using only the pipes. Ring the bell. So I've heard that the pipes on pipe layer are just the big round pipes that you climb on. You're not supposed to touch any of the framing that's holding those pipes on. I mean, it doesn't really say that. It just says the pipes. Yeah, and that's one of those things I would say. They might could have worded that one better. Yeah, it, it's like, I think right now it's like, what's a truss? Or what's a vertical truss or a horizontal truss? Right. Um, you know, if they wanted to say all the vertical pipes you can't touch and only the horizontal pipes, that's a different ruling. Yes. But I would say right now any pipe is fair game. Right. Okay, so we all know that, so like beater, the rig, yep. monkey bars, yep. twister. Mm. A failure for all of those obstacles at this point are if you use the vertical truss as a ladder to start the obstacle, traverse, or complete the obstacle, it's a failure. Yep. This sucks. I remember you and you and Leah were talking about it because she's a short girl and little girl. And I, I mean, I even saw Raya do it on Twister at Asheville 2016 or no 2017. And, you know, I mean, sometimes different terrain causes these obstacles to be higher. Yeah. But they make a comment in here that you can use the horizontal truss. So I guess that's in a meaning you can jump straight up and grab the ladder trust and then side and then go out to the first bar or the first twister or ring or whatever. So. That's, I mean, and here's the thing. That's a dumb, I mean, to me, that's kind of dumb because, I mean, you're just, I mean, your waist, it's, it might, it might, it may be safer to do that, but if yeah. you're going to jump to an object, I, I would try jumping to the first grab. I mean, I'm not going to jump to the truss and waste an extra grip hold. Yeah. yeah I, I think this is more for, we think about things, I almost even say this might even be towards liability. Um, yes. Looking at something designed to be okay, the trusses to support these things aren't designed for people to be on them, and it's you got to think about people doing anything that they can to get through this thing. I remember back at the Chicago Beast last year. That's actually an Indiana Beast, but they call it the Chicago Beast. Um, people climbing up the trusses and crawling across the top of the monkey bars. Oh my God! And it was like I was telling people in age group, and, and some of this was open heat, but it was raining so yeah. hard that day. And it was like That's people are going to slip man. and hurt themselves. And you see things like that, it becomes a liability issue. You fall nut one of the monkey bars and kick somebody in the head off of the monkey bars at the same time. Exactly. So it's one of those things that you see rulings like that. I think of things like that, and it becomes a liability thing. And uh, and I, I mean, it's unfair to the short people, but in all fairness, that truss is not like a ladder, so it probably doesn't yep. need to be. Even though it is structurally sound, that's not what it's designed for, and I guess that's why they're going that route. That being said, though, I think the big bog, the big hairy thing now is on Spartan to make sure that they have landing places and places for people that are shorter like that right. that can get up there. Or and even maybe a taller platform than what yep. they do now. Let's see. Let's see two platforms: one regular platform and one for. One that's a little bit higher on yeah. every single thing like that. Monkey bars, rigs, twister, beater. You know, that's a lot of platforms. And while we're yep. talking platforms, platforms are fair game for men and women. So if you get yep. to a rig or something and it's busy and the the, the taller platform is free, go get it. Go for it. Go, it's yours. Go for Take it. Take it. Uh, Helix is... The helix is pretty self-explanatory. Don't grab the top. You can grab the sides. So, I mean... Yep. Uh, you That's can't. Fair. You're not supposed to touch anything on the other side, which I don't know why anybody would do that anyway. But. Eh, I mean, you never know. You never know. 
Okay, Z-Wall's been a controversial one this year. So, I, I, I think this is silly. The, the center pillar thing, yep. I, I, Spartan I've seen talk about like, oh, that won't give you any um, benefit whatsoever. I, that's, I think that's BS. Yeah. Um, I, I, mean, think you can get a, I think you can get a competitive advantage off using it, but I think if I was Spartan, I would design a better obstacle where, you know, you just had the middle portion in there as well. Right. But so like an old school Z-Wall is what you're saying. Yep. Yep. Like yeah. the old school Z-Walls. But um, that's neither here nor there. They said it's cool. Whatever. Um, yeah. And, well, here's my thing. And it, 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 it doesn't explain it well in the rules, I don't think. Laterally okay. traverse the wall using only the hand and feet blocks and upright supports within a single lane. So, in Palmerton, there was an actual staff member up there that was busting people on the Z-Wall because they cl- she claimed that it was okay to grab the post, but you couldn't reach around and grab the post on the other side. And I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, why touch the post at all? Yep, and I, I, I would disagree with her, probably. I mean, I um, would too, but when they put it in there, like... Upright supports within a single lane, so you know what. Yeah, it's just so, but, but what constitutes as a lane then is the question. I mean, and and I saw where someone commented somewhere says, "Well, you could, you know, you could hit the other person, or the other person won't be able to grab it on the other side, but yep. they're not going to be on the outside corner. They're going to be on the inside corner. Why would you grab it on the inside corner? I mean, I mean, everybody's strategy is different. Yeah, it it's just I. I once again, I think it was a silly direction for Spartan to remove the center portions this year. I think they should have painted them red and be like, you can't touch them. They're red. Fair enough. I, I think that's wise. I think you should just let it out and just call it a day. And this is my personal preference. You never know who's going to be up there volunteering, what kind of staff member is going to be there. This rule has been legit most of the year. And yeah. some races people get penalized, some they don't. So if you don't have to use it, just don't use it. Yep. Yep, do, do yourself a favor and just get that grip strength. Exactly. Just go through with it. Exactly. So Next rule. Next rule, this is one that I want to go back over because, and the only reason why is because the armor. So, I don't, like I said, I don't know what the rules were last in the old version, but it says not a failure mode is not carrying the weight by its handles, which technically only has one handle, the one that's on yep. the chain. But, you know, uh, Rebecca Hammond, you know, she picked it up like an Atlas ball in West Virginia last year. Yes. I missed that. She sure did. And and I remember them saying something about, you know, maybe they said the volunteer must not have told her or something like that. So they let it slide. But if, you know, I don't know if going by this rule, that's a failure mode now. Yep, that's a failure mode now. So, but it's one of those things that's good. We had to put it in writing. It got to the point where we had to put it in writing. Same with, I don't know why anybody would pick them up any other way, but farmers carry two. You have to pick it up by the handles. You can't pick it up any other way. Yep. I, I mean, I don't know why anybody would, but, you know, I've seen. I, I, I mean, I you saw a dude walking on top the, of the monkey bars. You never would have thought you to saw that. So, yep. you, you know, you got to say everything. The fact is they've got to say it because at some point somebody's done it. It's like the caution hot coffee on the McDonald's hot coffee. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> it's, it's the same concept. You've got to put it on there because at some point there was a question. Right. <laughs> okay, so here's a rule that I totally understand why they changed it, but I don't like it. And okay. because And that's the bucket carry. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, this has been probably the most controversial issue. Uh, I mean, because, you know, they've always said it's a safety one, blah, blah, blah. I like the bucket the way it was because it made it a unique carry. Now people yep. are going to carry it on their shoulder like a log carry in most situations, I assume. And they're going to pray to God that the, the top just doesn't fall off. Right. Hopefully that won't happen. <laughs> but, yes, so... Uh, it just says carry the bucket on the marked course. The bucket must be complete. 
the entire mark course with the same amount of material inside. If the liquid, the sorry, the lid of the bucket must remain in place at all times. If a lid is displaced accidentally, a competitor may replace the lid as long as material from the bucket is not displaced. In the case material is lost from the bucket, the competitor should return the bucket to the start of the carry, replace it, and complete the carry with the new bucket. So that kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> because before, you know, you could just put the rocks back in it and finish the carry. You know, I'm going to say this. Um, in the past, I, I think we've overcomplicated the bucket carry now I by so filling too. it with rocks. Before, it was always, here's some buckets. They got holes in them. Make sure when you get back, they don't have holes in them. Carry it around, and that's your day. Exactly. Pretty pretty simple. I, I wish but I'd go back to that. But now we've got this point where we're reusing these buckets that we filled with rocks, and every time the buckets get beat up more, oh, every man, time they, really they take do. a bigger beating. Yeah, it's like they don't yeah. even have that little edge that they sit on on the ground because it's all bent in, and some of them are cracked exactly. and got water in them, and it it's just you you got to look at the longevity of these things, and you know we've seen. We saw issues back in the day with things like that taking a beating with the pancakes. Yep. And after a while, those pancakes get beat up. Why? Because they're a weight. They're they a weight leaking. They get... mm-hmm. We're now seeing the exact same thing with the buckets. Right. And we're just going to keep seeing things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, we're just going over these rules, you know, just so everybody's got to, you know, there's, there's hidden wording in here to where you're not going to learn all of the rules by the volunteer shouting it at you as you come in there. And this is no. just, it's just good information that I wanted to go over with because I thought I knew most of it. And then I read through everything and I saw some stuff that surprised mm-hmm. me too. They'll always, they'll always sneak something in there that just surprises you just a little bit. Right. Um, but once again, though, to go back to the buckets here now, now you don't have to have volunteers yelling at people to get it off your shoulders. Right. Now you don't have volunteers saying no, this or that. It's um, It makes things a little bit easier from a volunteer standpoint. Yep. I mean, and I think a lot of that, a lot of this is what they're trying to do. You know, now they don't have to have a volunteer saying, hey, get that bucket off your shoulder and you know, and I've never seen anybody do it. I mean, I always see them take it off of their shoulder. And if I saw somebody carrying it on their shoulder, I would tell them, that, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. But somebody said that they would take it off their shoulder and get around a corner in some wooded section. And then they put it back up on their shoulder. And I'm like, that's pretty dirty. Well, so the favorite thing that I did, so this past year I've been running those ultras and everything, and I'd get out there and I'd be like, on my second lap, and you're out there with all these open heaters, oh, and they're, yeah. I'm, you're telling them to get it off their shoulder, and they're like, where does it say that? And I'd point to a sign about five foot from them. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that sign say? It anything. just says not on the shoulders. It doesn't yeah, say no, anything like, about getting hurt or nothing. Basically, uh, buckets can't be carried on shoulders. That's all it yeah. says. And it's just, they just kind of look at you like you're an idiot. I'm like, yeah, I made it up, man. I put that sign out here earlier for you. Yeah, yeah. Make you mad. <laughs> and I mean, and like I said, to me, it kind of sucks because that was a unique carry, man. And people's backs are different. You know, some yeah. people would have to choke it up higher to get it out of their back. And some people had to let it sling lower on their back. And, I mean, putting the lid on it virtually made the obstacle a little easier in itself. You could carry it horizontally if you wanted to. Yep. And a lot of people did that, or they'd carry it upside down with a better lip to put their fingers on, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Flipping it over. Now it's just pretty much anybody's game. A log carry. It's a log carry now. A big chunk of log carry. But I'll say this much, though. At least it's a standardized log carry. That's true. I'll give them that. That's true. You're not going to be the last one getting to the pile of logs and have to pick up the biggest cut of log that's there. <laughs> exactly. You won't be able. All to... right. Next rule. Okay. So, and this one's a no-brainer. I don't. I don't even understand why they changed it, but it's mandatory. You go into the dunk wall. I mean, who you know, was? Have, was were and, there people just saying, "Oh, I'm going to do 30 burpees and not do it"? In competitive I would say this really applies to races where you've got like, like the ultra at sewage water in them. <laughs> like when it's too cold at Killington, or it's uh, like really cold at one of these races, and they haven't shut it down yet, and they're like, uh-huh. "I just don't want to do. I'm going to do thirty burpees." That's yeah. who you're looking at there in an ultra. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I I guess I get that too, but yeah, I mean, I mean that's the given. I mean, I've always done the dunk wall. 
I mean, I might have skipped it, I think, in Atlanta on an open heat because it was just muddy as crap. Yeah. And no, I, I think I, I did that right at now, Tulane. In Tahoe. <laughs> yeah, I imagine at Tahoe it gets pretty cold. Yeah, absolutely. Up there where it's windy and cold and stuff and they say it's mandatory, it, it changes the game a little bit. Oh, it says no diving, which that's, that's kind of... That's standard, yeah. Standard. Once again, that's liabilities. <laughs> I mean, now... I, I don't. I wouldn't call this a dive, but I mean, when I get to the water and my legs are in the water, I mean, I will kind of make a diving motion under the. Yeah, wall. I, I think they're specifically I, talking to people that are like trying to dive head first like, into the dunk wall and like emerge like a seal. That's, yeah, I guess that's what I'm thinking too. Like run and dive like before you even touch the water. I, that's what I'm assuming they're meaning I, by don't dive. I can't remember exactly, but I think I remember see, seeing Robert Killian do that back in the day in Breckenridge. Oh, God. And it was just, but it was just so, and he was through. And it was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> see, I remember one time I went to the Charlotte and went under that wall there, and I went under it so fast, and I thought I went deep enough, and I didn't feel the wall with my hand first. I about knocked mm-hmm. myself out, dude. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, last one. Last so, uh, sandbag carry. You know, select a bag, designated male or female area, carry the bag along the entire mark. Course, return the bag to the designated male or female area. Makes sense, right? Simple. Failure mode. You can't drag the bag. You can't roll it. You can't throw it. You can't push it. I've seen people drag the bags, especially if it's a double sandbag. You How know, many times have you seen people drag bags up Palmerton? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Palmerton, you know, Killington. Killington. I've seen those things before. Yeah. Especially with um, the long rook bags, it's got the handle on the end of it on some of them. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think dragging it, I think this, once again, is just kind of getting it specific, and it's looking at, this is one of those ones, they're not going to say anything later in the day, or they're not going to say anything oh, about those not. people that are dragging in age group, yeah. you know, after after podium. This it's going to be the... the the beginning of, you know, the first course, the elite and age group are going to be the only ones that do a double sandbag. But I think that the double sandbag is probably going to be close to coming to an end because they never have enough anymore. I think we're on now, the end. And the, yeah. the fact Palmerton didn't have a double sandbag this scary this year, that's a, that speaks a ton. Man, and you know what was so sad? Is they fi- I guess they figured, well, we, we won't have to have extra bags because it's a double carry. Nope. By the time I got to the top of the hill, now I was in the 40 age group, so this was the second age group heat. There was already a line forming waiting on bags when I got to the top of the hill for the eight, the two Are you age serious? group. I swear, man. They didn't have enough that is, for singles. That is sad. That's, it is. That's sad. That's the just next, sad. The next day, they, had some, they did have some burlap bags up there, but I mean, that's, that's always, that's just even logistics. with doubles. Even with doubles, they ran out of bags there last year. Also, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna boo hiss on that one. So, I mean, and here's my opinion on the matter: if you can't have enough bags, just get rid of the double sandbag altogether. Yeah, I mean, because and I I do like that they didn't they didn't say well, you know, well, I mean, this was a single carry in the case so i mean they had to wait for a bag they couldn't just say oh well there's no bags just run it you know but you know double sandbag in Asheville last year oh yeah they ran out and people were coming around everybody with double bags and they only had i remember i was there with you and we were just booing people oh my god dude i there's if i would have been like no i'll just wait for another bag i don't want the eat shit looks and the I don't. I don't want that karma on me, man. <laughs> and you just you just bow your head and just don't look at anybody. <laughs> yeah, maybe if I like had a mask on. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe then, maybe then. Ah, uh, but yeah, the double sandbag here just makes me sad, though. And one of the things that yeah, because it was tough. With my friends talking about the the double sandbag carry. Everyone was like freaking out about like. The bucket carry, they're like, oh, you know, we can carry bucket carries on your shoulders. I was like, well, yeah. How else could you do a double bucket carry? Yeah, right. <laughs> but they'll never do that. They'll never do. Yeah. Like 
<laughs> and you know, and all of this thinking and talk about you know the the Atlas getting rid of the burpees, and I'm thinking, man, wouldn't it be cool to have like an Atlas carry that was you know about a quarter mile long, like a bucket carry is? And then I was like, yeah. no way they're going to have that many concrete balls. <laughs> you know what I would love to see though? I would love to see an Atlas carry, and it's like because we did this one year back in. Uh, back in wintergreen um but let's say you've got you've got a um an atlas carry right and you've got a four foot wall in the middle of it that you've got to throw your atlas over and then keep going oh now that would be cool because it'd be hard some people wouldn't be able to lift that ball up enough to put it over that wall Mm -hmm. but four feet four feet wouldn't be too bad like you could almost put it against the wall and kind of roll it up over oh i like that idea i like that a lot i think that's i think that's savage so I, the only race I went to, and it was the first year at Fort Benning, uh, they had an Atlas carry, and I think they actually had the Rangers help build the race out there. So you pick up your Atlas ball, halfway across the walk, there's just one single long bungee cord going all the way across. Uh-huh. And uh, it was probably three, three and a half feet. You had to bend under that bungee cord go to the other side drop it do your five burpees and come back through the same bungee cord makes it technical just enough just puts a little spin on it yeah i mean they could do that that would be cool you know something different but i mean that made it i mean that made it interesting and it was the only atlas carry that was ever like that and they didn't do it again at fort benning after that first year either I like seeing little changes on stuff like that. Or like in Tahoe, when you see them do monkey in the middle, like they would do yes. like the, the monkey bars and twister and stuff. Yes. I know, and, and, and they had like rules. They had a rule in here just for that, that obstacle too. But it yep. makes me curious, you know, they talk about standardization. Or is that going to, you know, is that going to be a thing for like all beasts or is it going to be like we make an exception for a championship beast or the world championship beast? No, they, it's one of those things. I think we'll see another rule book probably come out right before Tahoe. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's pretty standard. We'll always see a rule book out before Tahoe. A world champion rule for the weekend yep, yep. or something. Yep. Yep. Traditionally we see one for that and they change the rules slightly every year. That makes sense. But, I would love to see, you know, because West Virginia last year had the monkey twister monkey, and that was funny. I mean, that was not funny, but fun. Yeah, it's it's a great time, dude. Tahoe is, it makes me excited when you see Tahoe just because it's it's so much bigger. Yeah. And it's, and you've got a lot of international athletes that sometimes don't follow by all the same rules. Hmm. Um, who are used to other things too. So it's, it's kind of a, kind of a wild ball game there in Tahoe, but it's, Hmm. it's pretty good. Another rule change, though, and I will talk about this real quick um, before we get wrapping up here and stuff. Did you look at the box jumps? Oh, I did not. I mean, I honest to God, I've never done a stadium, so okay. I pretty much just skimmed past all the stadium rules. I know there was what, like one they added with the balance beam, but yeah, balance I've never beam. done a stadium, so I didn't want to judge rules since I've never done one. The biggest rule now about the stadium, the box jumps are now. So, okay, a box jump. What do you see a box jump as? I see uh, somebody bending down, yep, jumping up, yep. and then bending down again and jumping back off. But I know some people just jump up, put their feet on it, and just slide right back off yep. for speed. So you can. So now the idea is full hip extension at the top, just like a burpee. I think just like a burpee. I think that's fair at the top of the box. I do too. But you don't have to jump. What? You can just step up on the damn thing. Wow. Well, didn't at one time they were going to do step overs? Or maybe I heard somebody say, well, why don't they just do step over, jump overs instead? Yeah, I think that's I think that's wise. But I think it's, it's just getting convoluted at that point. So they're just yeah. like, just get up on the damn box, stand up straight, and get... <laughs> I mean, I've never done a stadium race, and my opinion's probably really biased, but it just, it doesn't appeal to me, and I'm, I guess it's because I'm a trail guy, I'd rather run the trail than the concrete any day, but, That's where I, I'm at. but running stairs, I like doing that, so I might would like that part of it, but just the little workout areas, and doing a jump rope and a salt bike, I don't know, that just sounds kind of lame. Yeah, that's not my thing, I'd, li- I'd rather be out in the elements, that's my party. <laughs> I mean, yeah, me and Mother Nature. 
Exactly. There's something special about it. That's right. You get to bond. <clears throat> okay, well, yeah. I, I left out one additional note okay. before I drop the sandbag totally. If it, if it is multiple bags, you can't, and this is my wording, you can't progress with a single bag, go back and get the one you left behind. They no both, shoveling. They have to be moved at the same time. Okay. You can't leapfrog them, in other words. Okay. I've done it before. I'm not going to lie. I've done it before. Yeah, well, I know like that one year it was really, really tough at Killington. I think it was okay at that point, too. Yep. And I know like some people did that in like 12-hour hurricane heat, too, where you had to move a big load, and there were some people out there that were like really light, and they had all this weight they had to move, and that's what they were doing. They were leapfrogging it, would run some of it, go back, get the rest, run some of it. But, I mean, that was allowed because it's hurricane heat, too. Yeah, hurricane heat's pretty much, you know, anything goes. <sighs> yeah. Dude, that's all I got for rules. I'm trying to think well, if I'm leaving anything out. <laughs> Is there anything you want to add to this, bro? Dude, um, you know, everybody that's listening to this, you know, a lot of these guys, I talk a lot bit about this in the community. The guys that are listening to our, your podcast and my podcast, we're the community. We're the people that are so. out there regularly in age group and, and elite. Yeah. And we're passionate um, about the sport. We're, we are. We're very passionate about the sport. The thing I would love to tell the community right now is to play a fair game, know your rules, and be courteous about it. Right. Um, we're the ones that abide by it. We're the ones that help you know mandate these things. Um, help each other out. Be cool out there on the course. Yeah. Um, and do your part and know the rules. Yeah. Because the more you – if you know your rules, it's – it's going to help between you and the volunteers. I mean, if you get there and you do a questionable thing like grab the pole on the Z-Wall, when everybody pretty much knows that's controversial rule, and the volunteer might not be aware of it. So if you don't have to use it, you know, don't. Yeah, but don't. If you if you do use it, uh, and the volunteer says, hey, you're not supposed to grab that pole, or you're not supposed to wrap your arm all the way around the pole, don't fly off the handle on it. Just talk with them and reason and see what it says. And if they say, hey, you got to go to burpees, go to burpees. And then you might can contest it later. Yep. I know they've done that in the past where they'll take, uh, they'll watch the video, see how long it took you to do the burpees, and they'll give you that time back. I know oh, for, really? I know in instances where they have done that. They did not do it in Palmerton from what I was told. Okay, that's, and see, every instance like that just gets so convoluted at times. I would know your rules and just, like I said, know your rules and play a fair game. Okay. Um, that's That can get you all far away in the sport. <laughs> and one more thing, uh, me and you both know Dustin Nichols. Oh, my gosh, don't get me started on poor Dustin. And so our buddy Dustin, he finished the uh, what was the indiana sprint yep second place he had his timing chip in age group and he had a faulty timing chip so i think this is one of those instances i'm man i'm gonna boo spartan on this one big time i think that's that was a bad move there's nothing in the rules about this it says i mean there might be a rule in there where it says contact somebody at the finish line if you lost your chip, I mean, there's wording in there like that, but nothing that says, hey, you're going to get a 30-minute penalty, which is what happened to Dustin. Yep. And, I mean, this wasn't his fault. It wasn't his nope. fault he had a bad chip. And That's that's just such a miss. That's just a missed opportunity on Spartan's behalf. Right. So, I mean, it was a light day at the sprint in Alabama. And yep. so I come in in my age group and – I was first in my age group, and there was, you know, we was 40 to 49 all the way through, so that's two age groups. So I saw a guy come in, and I didn't know what age group he was in, but later on come to find out, and my buddy Daniel Smith was right behind him. So Daniel Smith was in fourth. This other guy was in third. But this Uh guy that was in third had had a bad chip. It wasn't lost. He had a bad chip. And he pretty much was, from what I remember right, because Kevin Gelati was there, Robert Coble was there, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to say they said, yeah, I mean, if da- Daniel said, I don't remember seeing the guy, um, 
I, I mean, I saw him come in. So it was one of those things where, you know, Robert said, you know, you don't want, I mean, it was one of those things where you don't want to get your third place like this, you know, when you know this guy coming before you. And we all vouched we did see him, the ones that did. So yeah, they gave him, they gave him the position. So I don't know if since Dustin didn't have anybody there to vouch for him, that was why he got screwed. Yeah, but. But, but here's my thing still there's, at this point. There's got to be better rules for We've got to be more consistent. We've got to have good rules. We've got to have some consistency. We've got to have some policies. And to go back on some of the things we just talked about, like don't climb the trusses here. Don't do this here. At least we've got something to go back on and on. Right. And, and I think that's one of the instances with this timing chip that we need more consistency on. And in the meantime, if you think that you're – Podium contention, top 10, hell, top 20 or 30. Um, one thing I started doing, I think I saw Darun do it, and he, he even will take a picture of his chip, and he'll post it on Instagram story. <laughs> you know, and so take a it's picture of idea. your chip. And I know me and Bruce Jackson, when we finished the race in Asheville, you know, we didn't even turn ours in until we made sure we had a time showing. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I mean yes. – and to get back to here to, to faulty equipment, yes. you know, that's, that's on Spartan. I, you know, I agree. At, and they should try, you know, I mean, they can go back to cameras and check cameras to see where photos yep. was. I mean, they could have looked at the time step on the fire jump. Yep. You know what I mean? That was an easily oh, fix and not having, you know, the controversy that they made for Dustin. Because, I mean, he was pretty pissed off about it because he messaged me a lot about it. And I don't blame him. I would have been upset, too. And even, like, the guys like us, I've ran against Dustin so many times. Dude's fast. We, ran against, we both know he runs a clean race. Yes. Oh, he's he a stand-up he dude. Oh, absolutely. He is a guy that would not, you know, skirt corners no. and do shady stuff. No. Uh, it's it's good talking sport. I've missed talking sport with you, Scott. I know, Right. <laughs> And you're right. all, and you're on this ultra kick this year, and you're not doing any of the ultras I'm doing, and it's like, oh man, I miss Jake. I miss you too, bud. <laughs> things things will be a little different next year, I assure you. <laughs> so I know you were talking about going to West Virginia. You think you're going to be able to make it? You I'm think not sure right now. Probably still um, be under so the weather. Might still be under the weather. I just found out actually. I'm probably going to get a surgery here in the next two weeks too. Oh no, uh, really? Yeah, uh, it's nothing big, but it's going to be to open up some of my sinus cavities. Apparently, I've got blocked sinus cavities. So, we're going to open that up a little bit. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I've already got, like, bad symptoms from meningitis. Let's put me under the knife. (laughs) Yeah, well, at least it it sounds really weird. Um, And I'll probably do a follow-up review on it and stuff and talk about it. But it's this, like, they call it balloon rhinoplasty. Yeah, I've had some friends yep. at work have it done. Yeah, do they like it? Um, I, It definitely clears them up, and they, they say they can breathe better. I think I need to get it done, too, because it seems like one side of my nose is always stopped up. I mean, I'm probably yeah. a good candidate for it also. Yep, so but that's what man, I'm it's, done. it's like, man, like as soon as you wake up, it looks like you've been punched in the face. you got two black eyes, and they got ice really? on your Yeah. When they wake you up, man, they've got ice like right there on your nose, man. They just go in there and cut and carve all that stuff out of there. Oh, goodness. All right. Yeah. I mean, Sweet I, action, man. It's shoot. I mean, now's the time, Zanny. You know you're going to meet your deductible this year. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely on that. Definitely on that, man. Spinal taps are no fun. <laughs> man, I'd, I've never had one done, but I, I can't imagine how it would feel good having a needle put in your spine. You're, you're not missing much. <laughs> Well, Jacob, man, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Dude, is there anything you want to add? And anybody needs to check out um, the Bro CR Supercast. I've really been enjoying it. It's been really good. We've had, a, yeah, we've had a great time with the Supercast, uh, guys. If you guys are a fan of us here, um, there at the Supercast, um, really want to do a big shout out real quick to Highlander Assault. It's a local race that me and Lee are going to be announcing at here in a few weeks. That'll be cool. Um, yeah, we're going to have a good time. We're going to wear kilts and we're going to yell at people and drink. So we're going to have a good time. Dude, man, <laughs> and out. I didn't notice it until Yancey said it, but Leah spot on does sound just like Faye Stenning, dude. She does sound a lot like that. I was That's like, oh fair. my God, she really does. It was that was a trip when he pointed that out. That's, it was pretty funny. I got a good giggle out of that, too. <laughs> yeah, I did, too, man. And all of this talk about the Indian uh, mud run, that sounds like an awesome venue, dude. Come next year. 
come next year, man. I, dude, it just sounds so awesome. And I heard like come. an interview on uh, Obstacle Running and Adventures. He interviewed him too, I believe. And, man, the guy went and run up there, man. It just really sounds like a great, awesome course, man. You know, we, we talk here about like the diehards in the community. That is a community event. Um, I cannot speak highly enough about their team there, how much. And, like, is it perfect? No. Is anything perfect? No. Will they care and try and figure it out the next time? Absolutely. Yeah. And that what that's what matters. Yeah, I mean, it just it just sounds great, man. And the way he described the course on your podcast, it sounds like, man, this sounds like a pretty awesome venue too. It's I uh, it, it's like dream course. It's it's pretty baller. <laughs> so if you flew into if you would you fly into Columbus to get to this? Is this one yeah, in Ohio yeah. or is it in Indiana? Uh, Columbus, Ohio is where I'd fly into, and it's maybe an hour and 20 minutes outside of Columbus, Ohio. Oh, dude, that's not that bad. No, it ain't bad at all. Man, I'm gonna a little bitty town, but a good time. I'm going to look into that next year. Dude, come. We'll, like, we'll split a hotel room or like camp or something. Cool. <laughs> that sounds awesome, dude. Well, hey, man, I don't want to hold you up. Oh, and I damn, I forgot I should have said this at the beginning. So today's your birthday, man. Happy 33rd <laughs> birthday. Thank you much, man. Yeah, I'm 33 years old today. Um yeah, it's 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 been quite a ride, and here's to 33 more. Yeah, yeah, and you only turned 33 with meningitis once, right? Only once, only once, and God, I hope only once. <laughs> Dude, man, it sounds awful, man. I hope you have a good recovery, man, and get all the way back to 110%. Absolutely, and I hope I get to see you out there on the course here very soon. I've, I've missed the community. I've missed everybody. I just miss seeing friends and talking shop. Heck, yeah, and everybody, please check out the Bro CR Supercast, man. They're putting out episodes every week, and they're pretty good. Hey, thank you much, man. Thanks for having me on the on on um, on your cast, and just it's like I said, it's just a good time talking with friends. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, Jacob. Take it easy, man. Take care, buddy. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that. Getting schooled on the rules. I want to thank Jacob again for taking the time out of his special birthday with meningitis to talk to us. Hope he gets over that one hundred percent. West Virginia is next weekend, everybody. Such an awesome course if you've never been there. I've got a lot of friends from Tifton, where I live at, that are going there for the first time, so I'm excited for them to get to experience that. I'm running all three races, age group. Uh, on the sprint, we're just going to dork around. We'll probably be like last place. So if anybody wants to hook up with us and run with us, that's cool. Come find me. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a review. I'll read it. We'll see you at the next race. Later! Thank you.